just to see a time. So the skies and how the tennis all should see the bright sunshine. In that land of perfect day, when the mist are rolled away, we will understand it better by and by. bless you everyone. I pray that each of you are blessed and whole and safe on tonight. I want to pray with you before we get to the word. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for each of your listeners tonight. Each person who is being touched by your words Lord, allow our lives to run headlong into your destiny and to your word and allow it to course correct us, to push us in the direction that you would have us to go, that we might be pleasing to you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. God bless you, and I pray God's blessings over you and your life and your family. We're going to conclude our month-long series tonight. We've been talking about the value of me, and that is something that we need to understand is our own value in the eyes of God. God knows what our value is more than anyone. And on last week, we said that the most important person in your life is the person who you allow to assign your value. And your priorities are out of line if that person is not God. Tonight, I just wanna leave you with several scriptures that God gave me because I believe in sharing God's word. God's word is the reminder of his promises. It reminds us of what God said. Because if any, the devil tries to lie to you or to deceive you, to tell you that you're not valuable, to tell you that you're not important, God said, I have left a remnant. I have left evidence. I have left my word that will remind you of how valuable you are to me, to what you mean to me and how you are God's intentional creation. So we're going to share in the word of God on tonight and we're going to share several scriptures. Many of you, are, many are very familiar to you, but we want to share a few scriptures, 10 scriptures tonight that are in line with God's word. And we pray that it will be a blessing to you or and your life and your family. Let us start here in a very uh, with a very familiar passage of scripture. This passage of scripture is in Philippians 4 and 13. The writer in Philippians 4:13 says, "I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him that strengthens me." 
through that scripture, I just want you to be reminded by Philippians 4.13 that you can do this. Whatever you're dealing with right now, you can do it. I just want you to hashtag that. I can do this. Whatever I'm struggling with right now, whatever place I'm in in my storm, I can do this. I have been empowered to do this. I can do all things. The, the, I, I like how specific the word was. It says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That means there is nothing that is impossible to me. There is nothing outside God's reach. There is nothing outside God's grasp. But everything is accessible to me through God. I can do it all through him. And somebody out there might say, well, what are the limitations on what you can do through Christ? Somebody said there has to be limitations. Well, I always explain it like this. God is God's destiny for us is like a cruise ship. He has prepared a ship for us that is headed in the direction that we need to go inside that ship. He has all of the things that we have need of. It may not have everything that you could possibly desire, but it has everything that you have need of. If anybody's been on a cruise ship, you know a few things. The cruise ship, they will do everything that they can possibly do for you as long as you ask for something that's inside the ship. They are not going to turn the cruise ship around and stop to buy you some McDonald's. But anything else that is possible to give you. They are trying to make your experience wonderful and beautiful. They are trying to provide every potential amenity that you may need. And they will make all of that accessible to you as long as you ask for something that is inside the ship. What I'm telling you is when you operate inside God's will, God's will is your ship. And when you operate inside God's will, there is nothing that is not accessible to you. There is nothing that God will not give you. Anything that you ask for inside the ship, inside his will, he will provide for you. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. If you ever get down, if you ever begin to lose sight of your value, remember Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Another scripture I want to encourage you with tonight not only Philippians 4.13, but I want you to go over with me to, to Psalm 134, 139 and 13. One, Psalm 139, 13 and 14. Psalm 30, 139, 13 and 14 reads, For you have formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. What the writer here in Psalm is saying is that I am intentional. And I want you to say that to yourself, hashtag that, write that down in your notes. Psalms 139, 13 and 14 reminds you that I am intentional. I am God's intentional creation. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That means because God made me, nobody can discard me except my creator. Nobody can throw me out except my creator. Nobody else can assess my value except my creator. When I began to think of the creator, 
I began to think of a story that my father often told. And I won't take the time to tell the whole story, but it's the story of the old violin. A violin, it looks ruddy and shoddy. It is on the auction block. And then as the auctioneer is trying to auction the violin off, it looks so shoddy that nobody even wants to bid on it. Nobody wants to offer anything of value about the violin. They don't see or perceive its value. And I want to say that to somebody right now, before I even conclude the story, that you might feel like that violin. Later in the story, it says when nobody has bid on the violin, it says a man came up and grabbed the violin. He dusted it off a little bit. He tinkered with the strings. He, he, he tightened some of the strings and he pulled out his bow and he began to play beautifully upon the violin. As his melodic, the, the melodic sounds came from the violin, people's hearts were touched. Their heartstrings were plucked, even as he was plucking the strings of the violin. The people then, as their hearts were moved, people stood up and said, I'll be a thousand, I'll be at five thousand, I'll be at ten thousand. They were offering large amounts of money for the violin. Somebody asked, what was the moral of the story? It says the violin's value was not appreciated until it was in the master's hand. And I want you to know that you're in your master's hand and inside God's hand, your value, you are of inestimable value. You're of inestimable value. That means your value cannot be estimated. Your value cannot be appreciated by man. Nobody has the authority to throw you away. Nobody has the authority to put you aside. Nobody has the authority to tell you even how much you're worth because you're most valuable when you're inside the master's hand. Remember Psalms 139, 13 and 14. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are God's intentional creation. Don't ever forget that. That's scripture number two. Scripture one, number three I want to share with you tonight. Scripture number three is from Joshua one and nine. It says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's Joshua 1 and 9. From that, I want you to remember that God is with you. God stays with you. God is attached to you. God is with you in your good times and in your bad times. Once a song we used to sing when I was young, he's so high that you can't get over him. He's so low that you can't get under him. He's so wide that you can't get around him. You must come in at the door. God is always with you. God is omnipresent. He's in all places. And God is saying, because I am with you, you do not need to be afraid. Do not be fearful. Whatever situation you find yourself in, be strong and be courageous. Do not be frightened. Don't allow your situation to fool you. That's what the devil, he tries to do. He tries to make your situation look better, bigger than you. He tries to make your situation look like it is unable to be conquered, but never be fooled by the tricks of the devil. The devil is the master of smoke and mirrors. He's just trying to make something that is in front of you look larger than your God, which is behind you. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the Lord. He is with you. Remember that Joshua one and nine. Write that down. 
Keep that in your heart whenever you feel discouraged or dismayed. We're going further in the word tonight. That was scripture number three. Scripture number four that I want to share with you comes from Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 reads, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Again, we're in Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Do not throw away your confidence, which has of itself a great reward for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive that which is promised. Don't ever lose your confidence because God is still doing something in you. God has something else for you. God has something for you after the pandemic. God has something for you after 2020. I know some of you are praying for 2020 to be over and I'll, I'll warn you right now, don't do that. God still has opportunities that are laid out before you yet in this year. I am not throwing away a year. I'm not throwing away this time. I am not throwing away my struggle because nothing that I go through will be wasted. Nothing that God allows me to go through will be wasted. He is intentional. He is intentional in my conception. He is intentional in my birth. He is intentional in my existence. He is intentional in waking me up every day. And because God is intentional, I do not have the luxury of throwing away one day, one moment, one year, one month. Do not throw 2020 away. God is yet with you. So be confident and you need to walk in the endurance that God has given you because he's saying here in his word in Hebrews 10, 36, God will complete it. And you need endurance to complete the work that God is working in your life right now. Again, don't throw 2020 away. Don't wish it to be over. God yet has something powerful waiting for you. Our next verse comes from Philippians 1 and 6. It says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's Philippians 1 and 6. That means that God started, I told you already, you're intentional. If God is intentional, he's going to finish that which he started. Since God is intentional, he is going to finish that which he started. He won't begin a work and then not complete it. God is not like that contractor that all of us have experienced at some point. That contractor that you trust, you pay your money, and then all of a sudden they disappear without the assignment being completed, without the work being done. That's, that's how man operates. That's not how God operates. God will work until completion. God will make sure that the work is done. God will make sure that you are not ashamed. God will make sure that you never fail in your pursuits every time that you work inside his perfect will. God is with you. God is making sure that it comes to completion. God is making sure that your efforts are not wasted. And you can be sure of it. You can be confident of this. That whatever God has started, whatever God has begun in your life, he will complete that at the day of Jesus Christ. Remember, that is Philippians 1 and 6. 
The next scripture I want to share with you is from 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Again, that's 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. I will boast more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul was saying there's no need to be ashamed of what you're going through. There's no need to be ashamed if you feel weak right now. Some of you are like 2020, it's, it's done a number on me. It, 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 it sapped my strength. It's taken my strength. It's taken something from me. And God is saying it's okay to be weak. He said, because my power is perfected in your weakness. My power is not perfect unless you pull down your wall, pull down your facade of trying to be strong, pull down your facade of trying to do it by yourself. Once you release that thing, and give it to God, then only is my power perfected. What he's saying is if you have never gone through anything where you have become weak, then you have never seen the perfect power of God working in your life. If you want the power of God to rest in your life, then that means you have to acknowledge your weaknesses. You have to acknowledge when you need help. That's why Paul says, I will boast and gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In other words, if I do not turn my situation over to God, if I do not trust God with it, if I do not tell God, Lord, I've taken all that I can take, and now that I'm putting this in your hands, if you never do that, then you do not know the perfected power of God operating in your life, and you have not truly seen how God's power can rest on you. Don't forget, forget his words, 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. Don't be ashamed of your weaknesses. Don't be ashamed of what you go through. But when you acknowledge that you need God's help, that's when his power can be perfected in you. And that's when his spirit will rest upon you. We're going to our next verse. Our next verse you will find in Isaiah 40 and 31. Isaiah 40 and 31 says, but they that wait upon the Lord. Many of you know this. The Lord, the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But they who wait for the Lord, wait for the Lord. God will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings and eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know what I want you to know today? I want you to hashtag this. Time is on my side. Time is on my side. Sometimes in our race to get through things, in our race to get over things, in our race to come through the storm, we, we have so many songs. I get, you know what? I've heard so many songs about coming into the storm. I'm coming out of the storm. I'm coming out. I'm coming out with my hands up. I'm, I'm getting out of this thing. I'm coming through this thing. I've never heard a song that celebrates going into the storm. I've never heard a song that celebrates going into the storm. All I hear are songs about deliverance and coming through and coming out. 
but never have I heard a song that truly celebrates going into the storm. What I'm telling you is that we do not have to rush. We do not have to be in a hurry to come out because there is power and there is strength in waiting. There is power that is coming in your direction when you wait. No matter how long I'm in the storm, and yes, I get weary in the storm. Yes, I get weary through the trial. But I have to understand that I have help coming. And I want you to say that to yourself, hashtag that, I have help coming. It's good to know that I have help coming. I, I can make it through if I know I have help coming. I can tarry just a little bit longer. I can hold on just a little bit longer as long as I know that I have help coming. And I came to tell somebody that today you feel like giving up. You're about to let go of the rope. Don't let go of the rope. You have help coming. Help is coming in your direction. Help is coming your way. You're not by yourself. Help is coming. And I can hold on. It's easier to hold on. And I wish I had a witness out there. It's easier to hold on when you know that help is coming your direction. Remember that Isaiah 40 and 31, they that wait upon the Lord, the Lord will renew your strength. You will mount up with wings as eagles. You can run and not be weary. You can walk and not faint. Here's our next scripture, Hebrews 4 and 16. It says, let us then with confidence the King James Version says, let us now come boldly to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I can come boldly to the throne of grace and find grace to help in the time of need. What I want you to get from this, and I need somebody to get this, and I need you to share it with somebody else. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. That's all I want you to understand from that word. Forgive yourself. God forgives you, but you have to forgive yourself. The scripture here is saying, let us come with confidence. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. We don't have to be ashamed. Yes, you should be ashamed of sin. I'm not saying you should be proud of sin. But what I am saying, is that you can approach the throne of grace with confidence. You know why you can approach the throne of grace with confidence? It's because God has already paid the price. Jesus, he paid it all. He's already paid for you. He's already made a way for you. My wife and I, we had the pleasure of going to an MTSU ball game the other Saturday evening. And my son, for those of you who don't know, my son is a equipment manager on the team. As a result, as a member of the football team, they get certain tickets. And so he had left some tickets for us at the gate. You know what? My wife and I walked up to the gate. We did not have a ticket in our hand. We did not have a plan for obtaining a ticket. But we walked boldly to the gate because our son had already made provision for us to get in. He had already made a way. He had already, in other words, paid the cost. He had already taken care of the price. So we went boldly without a plan other than uttering his name and knowing that uttering his name was going to get us through. That's a word right there for somebody. While you're depending on yourself and what you can do, Jesus is saying, utter my name and come boldly to the throne of grace 
He said, because I've already paid the cost, I have already made the way. And Jesus also told him, he said, he said, you haven't asked for anything in my name yet. He said, but ask in my name that your joy may be full. And he said, if you ask anything in my name, it shall be done for you. You can approach the throne of grace with boldness, not of your own works, but because Christ has already paid the cost. He paid the way. He made a way for you out of no way. And because of that, you can approach the throne boldly. Let's go to our next scripture that we want to leave you to encourage you to understand your own value. Our next scripture, one of my favorites, comes from Romans 8 and 28. This is our eighth verse of the night. Romans 8 and 29. And we know that all things for those who love God work together for good, for those who are the called according to his purpose. And we know, I, I want you to exercise that in your spirit. And we know that all things work together. That, 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 that's knowledge. That, that means I know in advance. I already know this is something that we're already aware of. It's like when you have certain people you have a connection with, like you have a, a friend circle. And, you know, you guys have inside jokes and you can have a joke and say a certain thing and nobody else will get it. I know my family does. My family will be sitting. We, we always sit around in the kitchen and we're, we're joking and laughing. And then somebody will say something and then we'll bust out laughing. And it, it's hilarious to us. But it, it, at one point, I remembered nobody else was there. But I was thinking if somebody else were here. They, they wouldn't understand why we're laughing. They wouldn't under, They wouldn't get the joke. It wouldn't make sense to them. It's because we know. We know. I shared one time in service when we were talking about this scripture. I was talking about. I. I, I even. I think I gave the the the. Um, I, I used Evangelist Linda Johnson. I don't know if she's here tonight. If she can, just just put your hand up emoji up, Evangelist Johnson. I told her. She said. I gave the example that if she said after service we are going out to eat then the people who are included in we know who that is now i, I love evangelist johnson but that's probably not me i'm not in her family so when she says you know where we're going that that's not talking to me that's talking to her husband that's talking to her family those who are with her they already know so when she says you know where we're going then after service they show up to the right place why because they were part of the we. So that means they already knew in advance. I want to let you know that those who love God, those who are the called according to his purpose, you're part of the we. So when God says things in his word, like we know, he's talking to you. Those who trust him, those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose, you are included in the we. And we know that all things, Work together for the good of them who love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And I shared a sermon on this past Sunday. We were there sharing with Pastor Fisher in Parsons, Tennessee. And the title of the sermon was Act Like You Know. If you're one of the we, you ought to act like you know. I have two more scriptures to share with you. I'm coming to you from 2 Timothy 1 and 7. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. It said, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
and here it says love and self-control. That's what God gave us. Work with what he gave you. Don't try to operate with what somebody else gave you. Let me tell you this. And this is how I want you to understand that scripture. I want you to understand what he's trying to say right here. What he's trying to say right here in this scripture. I'm going to pull this. Let me pull the scripture back up. For God gave us. God gave us. I want to say this to your face. Work with what he gave you. Work with what he gave you. If you're putting the other other week, we we were putting together an item outside and it was difficult. It was wow. It was it was a substantial effort and it took all of us. It was me and both of my sons. We were working and we were trying to figure out how to put this thing together. One thing about that, we only use the pieces that came inside the box. And I want you to think about that for a moment. In assembling this item, we only use the pieces that were inside the box. Now, I have many tools and I have many other items that, that are in my toolbox, but I didn't add pieces that I had laying around the house when trying to complete this item. I only used the pieces that were inside the box. I want you to think about that. I only used what they gave me. I only used what they gave me. Why are you trying to assemble your destiny with pieces somebody else gave you? Why are you trying to, to, to build your life using pieces that somebody else gave you? Some of you, let me give you this, some of you are trying to use old pieces. Remember, there are people who were in your life for a moment and they were a part of your life then, but they're not a part of your life now. Why are you trying to use some old pieces to put something together? You were in a relationship and you broke up. Don't try and take pieces from that relationship to build the relationship that God gave you right now. God has given you an, an assembly. He's given you everything that you need to build your life, to build your destiny, to build your future. Don't try to use old pieces. Don't try to use pieces from your ex relationships. Don't even try and use pieces. Get this. Some people try to allow you to use pieces that work for them. They try to use pieces that work for them. But let me give you this. If the piece was so important, they can't afford to give it to you. Have you ever heard the joke? Uh, a student said, well, teacher, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. And the teacher responds, you can't afford it. <laughs> it's like that. Why would somebody give me a piece of something that they thought worked for them? But if they needed it, if it was so good for them, they couldn't afford to give it to me. They need to keep it. What I'm saying is only work with what God gave you. Let me pull the scripture back up. For God gave us not fear, but power and love and self-control. Only build your life and your destiny on the things that God gave you. Don't try to add pieces that other people try to give you. How can I build a coherent destiny if I keep pulling pieces from other people? The next time somebody tries to give you a piece, tell them, baby, you need, you need that piece. I need you to keep that, keep that, keep that piece. That, that piece belongs to you, keep that. 
Don't try and give it to me because if it works so much for you, then you need it. And if you don't need it, then I don't need it. <laughs> Let me give that to you again. If a piece was so important to somebody, then they need it. They need to keep it in their life. And if they don't need it, then why do I need it? I'm only keeping the pieces that God gave me. Only keep what God gave you. God never gave you fear. So let me leave you with this thought on that scripture. If you have fear, somebody else gave it to you. If you have fear in your life, somebody else gave it to you. That's a piece you don't need. Throw that piece away. This is our final scripture for the night. And I hope this is encouraging to you. And this is Romans 8 and 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? That scripture says it all. It says so much that that is a complete sermon by itself. If God be for us, who can be against us? So if God is for me, I don't have to look back over my shoulder for my enemy because God is for us. Who am I fearful? Why am I afraid? Why, 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 do I, why am I troubled? Why am I fearful if God is for us? I don't have to worry about an enemy coming behind me because if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can, who can stand against the Lord? The Bible, when the songwriter said, who, who is like the Lord? Nobody. Nobody is like God. So if there's nobody who is like God, if nobody can think like God, if nobody is as powerful as God, as God, then why am I worried about anybody interfering with what God is doing in my life? God is more powerful than anything that can come against me. God is more powerful than anything that can trip me up. David said, when the wicked, even my enemies came to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though when host should encamp against me, this will I, will I not fear. The war should rage against me, and this will I be confident. One thing if I desire to the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. If God be for us, who can be against us? I want you to remember these scriptures. I want you to keep them in your heart. I want you to be reminded that you are worth it, that you are valuable in the eyes of God. And that nobody can throw away that which God has created. And nobody has the power to put a price tag on God's intentional, perfect creation. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for these moments that our hearts and our minds and our spirits were touched by your word. May we ever be encouraged by your word to know that we were intentional, that we were purposeful, and that nobody can discard that which you have created. Lord, I ask you to touch every home that has been touched by this word. Bless it and encourage and strengthen it. Lord, don't allow them to throw 2020 away. But Lord, you yet have great things that await us in this year. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you.
I pray that you were encouraged by the words that you heard on tonight. I pray that you were strengthened and I pray God's blessings over you and your family. And finally, I challenge you, despite what we might be going through, because you are intentional, because you are valuable, live every day with hope, with faith and with expectation, knowing that God will always come through on his word. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you are touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.